We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to Sometimes Weekly Sports and Stuff, presented by our friends at Holiday Distillery. If you've got a free night, head up to Weston, Missouri, and take the tour of the distillery. It's one of the greatest places around the KC metro area that more people should know about. It's beautiful up there, and you get a chance to see how good Missouri bourbon is made. I'm BJ Kissel, and we're joined by a special guest this week, an NFL Network's Ari Wolf, who also works as the play-by-play broadcaster for the Chiefs preseason games alongside Trent Green. Ari I always enjoy talking to my friend and I'm excited that we got to finally match up our schedules and find time to sit down and chat a little bit about the Chiefs, your experiences during the preseason and your career in general, because I'm interested to to learn even more than I already know. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like you and I connected from that first time we met out of training camp a few years ago in 2019. And I've enjoyed our friendship and our conversations are great. Often most people don't get to hear them, but today <laughs> we'll share it with everybody. All right. Sounds good. The first thing I want to let people know, just um, most Chiefs fans watching will probably like, I know they're either your voice, your face, like I know him, but kind of what's your overall background? Like how did you end up uh, in the positions you are both with NFL network and then how you got hooked up with the Chiefs doing the preseason games? Well, it's a good story how I got hooked up with the Chiefs. It's a great example of it's a relationship driven business. So back in 2005, I was living in Philadelphia And I got the opportunity to interview to be the Eagles preseason guy. Well, Rob Alberino was the head of that department with the Eagles in 2005. And I was, I hadn't been fully vetted, really. I hadn't been on a national stage at that point. And Rob took a chance on me and he paired me with Ron Jaworski to do the games in 2005. So that got me started as an NFL preseason level announcer. And then I was there for a short while. Uh, I went to the Vikings for five years where I had a great run. I did the games with Mike Mayock. And then shortly before the 2019 season, a guy named Rob Schmall, who worked for the production company that services the trucks, he puts together staff for the trucks, often provides the truck. He's an important link. He had been with us in Philadelphia 
and he knew that the Chiefs were looking for someone. So he actually mentioned my name to the Chiefs. The Chiefs then reached out. And a month after that, on May 1st of 2019, I found out that I'd gotten the deal with the Chiefs. And at that time, I hadn't even met, you know, Trent Green, but for more than a few minutes in the green room at NFL Network years before that. And look, I, I originally started with a three-year deal, but they all had one-year options. So it really felt like a series of one-year deals. Mm-hmm. And then to have everything come full circle that after my, you know, going into my second year, Rob Alberino, who hired me in Philadelphia, was suddenly my boss again. Uh, it just put me in such a great comfort zone because I know he believed in me because he put me on the air in 2005. And I think the chemistry with Trent has been really solid. I just really respect him both as a broadcaster and as a person. And it just seems like it's a great fit because a lot of the values that were in the Eagles organization, Mark Donovan, Andy Reid, Rob Alberino, are all in Kansas City. So they all knew me and they knew what I was all about. And when I first got hired by the Chiefs, I can remember my former boss saying, I just want you to drive the bus. And what that means in our industry is be a straight play-by-play guy. I'm there literally to just pass out assists, whether I was kicking it to you down on the sideline, teeing up Trent, whatever it is to to be that leader of of the offense, if you will. So Mm -hmm. it's been a great experience. Uh, I've never felt more comfortable there than I I do now. I'm in the midst of a long-term deal. I've got Rob behind me. I've got Trent by my side. You know, we added Kimmy this year. It was great, but... I guess what I tell for any young guys who want to get into broadcasting is it's so easy to stay in touch with people now. So whoever you meet along the way, create relationships like you and I did, right? Right away, yeah. we got in touch and we kept in touch in the offseason. So I think that, you know, just learning about other people and staying connected to people, it will really help your career down the road. Yeah, there's a lot of things I want to respond to with that. And the one thing, as a somebody who grew up a Chiefs fan, who grew up watching Trent Green play, uh, during his heyday with the Chiefs, one of my favorite experiences in working for the Chiefs, because uh, I always liked preseason. I liked training camp. I liked going around and traveling and doing all this stuff. I was always terrified on the sidelines, uh, except by the time you got there, I was a little bit more comfortable. Than I was the uh, you were polished by the time I got there. You were solid. <laughs> polished. Um, it, making me be short-winded about anything is always difficult. And when Ryan Galvin, who's the producer, uh, he wants <laughs> – He'd be like, how long do you got? And I was like, I got about 45 seconds. He goes, you get 18. Good luck. That's like, all right. Um, but <laughs> right. One of, the, one of the best things about it was meeting Trent Green and not just, you know, meeting somebody that you, you know, grew up watching play, but how good of a dude he really is. And not with the clarifier of like, he's a good dude for a football player. And like, he's really nice. He's just a genuinely good person all around anyway. And so that immediately made me feel much more comfortable um, doing you know, being in front of, you know, a million people, a few hundred thousand people, whatever it is that are watching the game, but just knowing that, you know, the guy that I w- grew up cheering for uh, is genuinely a good dude. And then the fact that you guys got along so well, it's, it's a really special group of people. I'm excited. Uh, I'm, I love watching my guy, Matt McMullen down on the sidelines mm-hmm. I text him after all of his hits. And I was actually getting made fun of um, on the last preseason game. He did a hit. And one of the guys that I was watching the game with, because for KCSN, we have a post game show. So we were out in a bar in Overland Park and Kent Swanson, who I do the post game show with, was watching me watch Matt. And I like, had this like proud dad look on my face and like I texted him I like and, he and he goes, did you just text Matt? And I was like, yeah, I did. Like, that was awesome. He's, he's doing great. It's awesome to see. And I know he's in good hands with all you guys. And I, I don't know Kimmy at all, but uh, she did a great job. It's cool to have somebody from NFL Network who knows the Chiefs, who grew up a fan, uh, just like Matt did. Um, just like uh, we all did watching Trent and everything, but you guys are a great team. Uh, I knew Rob and 
uh, Rob and Rob and, and Anna and everybody behind the scenes. They're phenomenal at what they do. And you guys put on a really, really good product. Well, it, it helps when there's great people involved and you really enjoy being around the people. But, you know, I think Trent sets the bar in terms of how he treats everyone. And I think you can learn a lot. Sometimes you'll see a guy who's really nice when the cameras are on or when other people are paying attention. The beauty of Trent is you'll notice that he's a great guy when no one's paying attention, right? The way he is with fans, the way he stops, it's not like he's just going through the motions. He realizes for that moment with that fan, it's it's important to them. They're with Trent Green, and he treats it with the appropriate respect, and he's always sort of self-deprecating. He, does, he doesn't want to be a big deal. He just wants to be a regular guy. And I just think he really sets the standard in terms of just being a quality guy. Um, I love working with him. I, I trust that I can ask him anything related to the NFL, and he's going to handle it beautifully. But I guess it is the, the best part about him is just the quality of hu human being he is. And I feel like there's a lot of good people. I feel so fortunate to be in this position to work with all these great people. And, you know, the relationships build. The more years you're there, I mean, my relationship talking to Brett Veach, my third training camp is obviously very different than the first one because he knows he could trust me. He knows I'm on board with the messaging about what the Chiefs are all about. So it's a perfect fit. You know, if they want to sign me to a lifetime contract to do the preseason, <laughs> I'd sign up right now. But no, it's good people, and it really does help that the product's so good, right? I mean, the Chiefs, yeah. since I've been a part of it, have been one of the elite organizations in the league with a, a quarterback who's a lot like Trent Green, right? He seems to handle everything well. He seems to be able to manage being a superstar with sort of an everyman appeal. He, he gets mm -hmm. it. So it's a great organization to be around. The team's lots of fun, and you're usually talking about winning the division and making a Super Bowl run. That's not the case for all 32 teams, so I definitely feel fortunate to be with the Chiefs. All right, I want to ask because one of my favorite parts of working with the Chiefs and doing the preseason games were the production meetings, uh, being a part mm -hmm. of those during the preseason because you just get a different side of people. You get a room full of people, no cameras, nothing's being recorded, and they a little bit more open. You're not necessarily giving away all the government secrets, um, right? But no, they're a little bit for sure. They're a little bit more open than they were in the past. So. Um, with that, this preseason and not the the stuff you can't obviously share, you didn't share on the broadcast, but I know you all, you probably got nuggets from guys that didn't fit their way into the broadcaster one way or another. Were there any particular interviews or guys that you spoke with going into any of the games this year for preseason that really stood out to you that that really impressed you? Um, again, behind the scenes where it's you know kind of background info for you to share during the broadcast. Uh, you get a chance to to know the guys' personalities a little bit when they go into those rooms. That was always fun. a little bit. Probably one of the most impressive guys that I didn't know at all coming into this year was Justin Reed. He is a unique guy. I mean, he is really bright. He is well-rounded. He's played a lot of other sports. He's got lots of other interests, and he's got just a magnetic personality. So, you know, I knew he had produced as a player on the field for the Texans, but I would say out of all the players I interacted with on a one-on-one -on -one basis, he's the one that shined the brightest in these meetings just because I just – I was like, man, I want to hang out with this guy. Like, he's just – a lot of football players are, you know, I, I mean this in the nicest way, they're purely focused on football. But that's really not the case. Justin has a ton of interests. So I just found him just to be a compelling person. And I also like watching the way he treated everybody in the room with so much respect. You know, he, he didn't know whether you were a production assistant or whether you were the producer of the show. Uh, so I just thought that he came off as a really refreshing, fun guy. And, and I'm not spilling any secrets here. Coach Reed in those meetings – 
is really warm and funny. You know, I think that he has a calculated approach to how he addresses the public. And I think that means that there's never any controversy about a single word he says. I always say that Andy Reid, every word he says is is chosen with purpose. But in those meetings, he's a little less guarded. He's very comfortable with Trent. I've known him since I did the Eagles in 2005. And He's got a real warmth to him, and I think it's something maybe the fans don't see as much of, but you see the loyalty from the players to coach. It's because he 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 connects with people, and I think in those meetings, there's a side of him that the public doesn't see, and all I can say is it's a wonderful side, and there is so much more to coach, and you know, I'm biased. I mean, I think he's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of coaches when he's done, but it's really his ability to connect with people because if you're in a meeting – you know, you could just go through the motions. I've been with a million coaches who they just mm-hmm. have canned answers. You know, Andy makes you feel like he's really talking to you, not just at you. So, yeah, I'd say Justin Reed and, and year after year, Coach Reed is just a pleasure to be around. So, really, it's all about the Reeds, apparently. Justin Reed <laughs> and Coach Reed in this particular instance. I like what you say about Coach Reed because I I saw a side of him, and I'll never forget this situation. It was, I think I had been working there maybe two or three years. So I had been to press conference. I'd been around him a little bit and I'd seen, and I didn't spend a lot of time around coach that wasn't at pressers. You know, he's got his stuff that he's doing. So it wasn't like just hanging out with him all the time. Uh, but I was walking down this hallway inside the chief's uh, practice facility, leaving like the indoor football field, going kind of towards the locker room. And you're going down kind of a long skinny hallway. And I was with Ted Cruz, uh, the vice president of communications for the chiefs. And it was just Ted and I walking down and all of a sudden coach Reed was hiding behind like this little hallway coming in, jumps out and yells boo to like me <laughs> and Ted. I didn't know coach that well. So he was trying to scare Ted. Right. Ted like jumps back. and was like, Oh my God. And he's like, ha, got you. That's embarrassing. And then he just started laughing and walked off. And yeah. I just looked at Ted. I go, what was that? And he was like, coach is just being silly. I go, I've never seen that side of him. And he goes, yeah. that's how he all, that's how he is most of the time. Yeah. Uh, he's actually got a really funny personality. And, um, yeah. I think, up- he, you know, yeah, he's looked, I think around the NFL at what works. I think he's just such a smart guy. And I, I use the example that, you know, it wasn't immediately following, but he did follow Dick Vermeil in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And I think Dick Vermeil, you know, always wears his heart on his sleeve. And I think that made dealing with the Philadelphia media extremely challenging for Dick until, yeah. you know, they got to a Super Bowl. Whereas I think Andy learned from, from early on that, you know, less is more when dealing with the media, always keep everything in-house. And so I think he's always been very careful in the public. But like you said, when, when, when the cameras aren't on, the lights are off, uh, he has a really warmth to him. He's a really, really funny guy. He has great wit about him. And yeah, I feel fortunate, as I'm sure you did, to get to see that side of him because everybody doesn't get to see him. But it certainly makes working for a franchise so much more fun when you admire the coach on lots of levels. Yeah, I got to know him through the people that I had access to talking to for the long form that I wrote on him years ago. I think it's the longest, most detailed thing, at least to this point. There's going to be books written about his career and everything afterwards. But I think as of right now, it's probably the longest thing that's ever been written about Coach Reed. It was like almost 15,000 words. Uh, long form. And I talked to his middle school basketball coach. I talked to all of these. I talked to like 30 people in his life and learning you know, what he's about and the things that he cares about and the ways that he takes care of his people and the way that you know, even going back to LA where he grew up, he still talks to the people he grew up with. And for somebody that had that kind of success, you hope, you always hope that that's the case uh, with yeah. people that achieve a level of success with whatever field they're in, um, that they kind of remember where they came from and all those things. And Coach Reed is the epitome of that. And the other thing that I always remembered about Coach is that he 
was always respectful for your questions. And I, I've, there've been players uh, that kind of give those canned answers and don't really give a lot of thought to what you're asking. Um, and that in turn, then has the media give less thought to what they're asking. Cause if you're not going to give me a good answer, why should I, you know, have this really good question. Where if you put a lot of effort and a lot of thought or research into whatever you're doing and you ask coach a question and follow up and kind of show him, like, you know what you're talking about, he will reciprocate that back to you. Cause he'll respect the fact that, Hey, you put some effort into this. Like you are thinking about this question. And I always remembered that with Therese Paler, that Therese would do the work and he was always very, um, you know, knowledgeable about whatever it is he was asking. Whereas sometimes people would just read a stat and just kind of ask coach, what are your thoughts on this? And he can kind of tell, like, do you know what you're asking or are you just trying to get a soundbite? And right. the more effort you put into it and show that, Hey, I've done the work, I'm doing some research here that he respected that and gave you a better answer for that. Even if he didn't come out and tell you like, Hey, I respect that you did this you right, kind of right. tell over time. Like, Hey, he gave you a really good answer. Uh, and you do that enough and you realize that's just the kind of thing that he's about. All right. All right I do want to, I ask- actually have a story that, Oh, hold on. I want to add, okay. this is the perfect story to, to shed light on that. Exactly what you're talking about. So it's 2005. The Eagles are doing training camp in Lehigh, which is about the same distance as being in Kansas city and going out to St. Joe's. Let's, let's call it an hour. So, you know, I just go out there and I go to training camp a few days and I had not met coach Reed yet at that time. Well, it's the first production meeting. It's me, Ron Jaworski, Rob Alberino, Coach Reed, Derek Boyko. And we start talking about tight ends. And we're talking about an undrafted free agent named Steven Spock, who was a tight end. And when Coach starts talking about him, I was just kind of nodding my head because I'd seen the guy flash at camp. And he said something there that affected my career there forward. He said, well, Ron, he's like, well, Ari knows because he was up at camp how, how, how this guy's played. And I thought the fact that he noticed I was there – that he clearly appreciated that I was there doing my due diligence to prepare for the games. Ever since then, in every preseason contract, it's in there that I go to training camp for a two-day visit because I realized I learned a ton, but also if Coach Reed noticed and appreciated I was there, then that was the standard I needed to set for myself going forward. So that's just another example of he notices if you put in the work and you do things and he treats you accordingly. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I need to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means betting legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Thursday night is almost here. Want more action for opening night kickoff? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point in the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. Must be 21 years or older. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. Now, let's get back to the show. I've got a story too. We'll just keep telling, sharing stories. Okay. Often, right. But, um, <laughs> And it was probably the, like, I was, when I first got the job with the Chiefs um, as the team reporter, I'd been covering the team as a fan on different blogs. And I went from Arrowhead Pride to SP, or at SP Nation to Bleacher Report. It's just kind of covering the team from an outside. Never been to a presser, <laughs> not talking to players, nothing like that. And so when I got the job with the Chiefs, I had an enormous amount of, like, knowing that there are millions of Chiefs fans that would give anything to be in the position that I was in. And the fact that I didn't come up as a, you know, small, like when I was in college, it was, you want to be a writer. Like you go to a small town newspaper and you work your way up and you talk to athletes, you start with high school and you work your way up. I took a completely different path. So all of a sudden I'm at press conferences with one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. And like, who the hell am I to be asking these questions? (laughs) And I, I understood very quickly, whatever I thought I knew about the game, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't really know what's going on. Exactly. Um, even the people who know the game, like Trent's level, there are times you talk to Trent, like what's going on here? Like, I don't know. Like I don't, there's certain things that you need to know about the game plan and the responsibilities and what they're talking about throughout the week with tendencies that lead people to do certain things. And so the more I would try to learn, the more I realized I didn't know. But when I first got the job at the chiefs, I would stay up. Like they'd play a game. They'd be done at you know four o'clock in the afternoon. I probably wouldn't leave the chief's offices till two or three o'clock in the morning. Because I would get there, I would write like my three or four features. I was doing too much content. Nobody was consuming. Oh, there's a law of diminishing returns <laughs> that I learned later. Like you don't need to write that much. Everybody stops reading after like the second or third one. But at that time, it was like, I got to prove that I'm good at this. And so I'd write like four features. And then I would go down to the, I got approved to go down to the player's workroom as long as there's nobody in there and watch the film. Well, late after a game, like the film would be, you know, put into this system. And I would sit there and I'd watch the film and take notes. And so the reason I did that was I had this idea in my head that 
if a player went out and caught a touchdown or made an interception, it was like a game changing play. And everybody's going to ask about the game changing play. I wanted to make sure that I watched every other play that guy had, because from a coach's standpoint, coach may love the interception that everybody's talking about, but if he screwed up and missed a bunch of tackles and just not that I knew everything that I was talking about, but I wanted to at right. least know, is he not going to want to talk about this player? Because yes, one great play, 40 bad plays. Like don't ask him about that move to something else. So that was in my head of like making sure that I feel very comfortable with the questions that I'm asking during a Monday, you know, his presser at noon after games on Mondays. So I would stay late and I'd watch the film after every game. There were two different weeks, probably in the middle of the season back. It was 2014. And I left the facility. One was a primetime game. I think I was leaving the facility at like 4.30 in the morning. So I was on the elevator coming down from my office, walking out. And I walked out and I literally ran into Coach Reed who had gone home for probably an hour or two and was coming back in. And he looked right. at me and he goes, what the hell are you doing here? He goes, what are you doing here? And I was like, I just got done watching the film. And he saw like with my notebook, I think. And I looked at him. I was like, yeah, I was taking notes watching the film. So I don't ask you a stupid question in a couple hours when I come back here. And he just goes, huh. And he just kind of, the next time I saw him, like he just gave me like a fist bump when I saw him. Cause we, the same thing, like off the elevator, just perfect timing. And I feel right. like if, if nothing else, he knew I was willing to put in the work. Uh, yeah. Whether it was a long form, whether it was watching the film, and I got smarter about my time. And then they gave us iPad yeah. and I'd watch it on the plane coming back. So I wasn't staying there till four o'clock in the morning. Um, but I'll always remember like those moments and that stuff mattered to coach. It really um, does. And it's a great example to anyone watching this and whatever your field is that, you know, do the work, you know, be uh, someone that people look at as a hard worker. Cause there's only so many things we can control if you want to work in media, right? You know, being on time, being prepared, being easy to work with. These are all intangibles that you can affect daily. You know, how much they're going to actually like what you write or what you say on the air, that's subjective, right? But the other right. things you can control. And I think that Andy recognizes people that work hard and that care about their craft and gives a different level of respect. But that's just a great life lesson for all of us in anything we do, whether it's being a parent, whether it's being a volunteer, anything you do is that you know, if you're going to go in, go all in. And be accountable for yourself and just just try to do a great job at everything you do. I mean, I always say it and it's corny, but good is the enemy of great. You know, being good is just okay. But I think being great takes a little bit of extra effort. And I've seen I saw it with you from the second I met you. These things matter. And I think it again, it affects you in all walks of life. Because if you feel good about what you're doing in your profession, I think that bleeds into the rest of your life or hopefully you know, you're carrying yourself with a sense of confidence and a sense of purpose that, you know, whether you're a leader of a home, a leader of an organization, whatever it is, I think all these things matter. I, I think we're keeping score all the time. <laughs> yeah. It, I, I, you don't look at it as I'm going to work hard because of this, that, and the other it's, I got to pull my weight and I don't yeah. feel like I'm the most talented broadcaster in the world. I didn't have a lot of experience. I'm not this X's and O's genius. I'm not this unbelievable storyteller it was just like felt like if i worked hard at all those things i could provide enough value that fans would get something from it and if they wouldn't if i wasn't putting that effort there was somebody waiting that would put more effort than i would in that same position and that's kind of what drove me uh, not just with this but with everything uh but i do want to get back to what we saw on the field uh from the chiefs during the preseason because obviously you called every play <laughs> during the preseason yes. so you're very aware of what happened what was the 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 thing or the player, uh, the game moment, whatever it was that stands out the most to you about what happened on the field uh, with the Chiefs during this preseason stretch? Well, on the field, I would say the first units of both offense and defense were amazing, right? The, the mm -hmm. first 
defense, the ones didn't give up a point the whole preseason. But to me, the, the biggest storyline, I know everybody likes to talk about the skill guys, but to me, it's on the back end. Because you got five rookies back there that all made yeah. the team. So what does this team look like week one on the back end? And what does it look like week 18, right? Because it's just going to look different. So I think Coach Spags set he set a benchmark that it's probably going to take five or six games to really know what they have on the back end. But I think that's the most intriguing position group. I'm a huge fan of Brian Cook. I think you're going to see a lot of three safety looks because he's so good. Uh, he really stood out to me as a guy who's ready to play at the NFL. You got some long corners, and then you got the first-round pick in Trent McDuffie, who I think is you know ready to play, be a starter, day one, week one in the NFL. So my biggest takeaway is a lot of those guys on the back end and how that secondary looks, because it's a lot younger, it's longer, it's taller. We're in a pass-heavy league, especially in the AFC West. You got a lot of talented quarterbacks. They're going to throw the ball a lot. And I thought Brett Veach and the team put a huge investment into the secondary. So that, to me, the takeaway from the preseason, that is the number one storyline. Because, look, the Chiefs are going to score points, right? They're going to they're gonna either lead the league or be in the top three. So how they're going to score might look a little different, okay? Without Tyreek, the points will be different. But to me, if those guys on the back end deliver, this team's got a much better chance to win close, hard-fought games because their defense will be able to make more plays. They're way more athletic defensively. The linebackers are young. I mean, Bolton and Gay together, I think, are have a chance to be great. They've got great depth up front. So I know it's more sexy, particularly with Chiefs Kingdom, to talk about the offense. But to me, the biggest storyline is the defense this year. Awesome. All right, all right. Final question before we let you go. And again, I appreciate your time. Uh, wh- who's one player that you saw in it? You can't name Brian Cook because you just kind of did. So I'm going to take that off the table. Uh, but who's one player that you saw, the young player, that maybe not enough um, – fans are talking about or may make a bigger impact than people would necessarily think right now. Well, I actually think that the biggest guy who's going to make an influence is George Karloftis. I realize he's a first round pick. He's not under the radar, but that guy's got an incredible motor. He's old school. I mean, I even like the haircut, right? I mean, I feel like he's like a throwback to like the 1950s defensive end, but I think he's got a work ethic that is going to sort of change the identity of that group up front. When you bookend him and Frank Clark, and, and I've saw something out of Frank I'd never seen before. He loves George, and he mentored him. They spent a ton of time after practice at training camp together. So I just think if Karloftis is the guy I expect him to be, and you've got a renewed Frank Clark who came in looking fast, looking lean, uh, you've got some, some playmakers, and clearly the Chiefs have to get to the quarterback more. We, we're all in agreement on that. But I think Karloftis, I love that pick. I think he's a great value. Pro Football Focus says – he was the steal of the first round, and they're they're usually right. So I'm going to go with George Karloftis as a guy who I think will have an immediate impact for the Chiefs. I love it. I have already planted my flag with George Karloftis, saying I think he's going to break the Chiefs' rookie franchise sack record that was set by Derek Thomas back in 1989 with 10 sacks. I think George Karloftis will finish with more than 10 sacks, and it's because of it, the way he's relentless and that a lot of sacks yeah. at the NFL level – it's not by beating a guy around the edge. It's not ways that a lot of these speed rushers do uh, in college. And you see these highlights. You just don't do that at the NFL level. It's a second, third effort, quarterback scrambling and a, a defensive end being able to kind of get off a block, have the physicality to get off a block and chase somebody down. And we saw it. The, the sack he had against the commanders 
Um, I've talked about it several times. I've shown the highlight, kind of broke it down a little bit. That is one of the most impressive sacks I've seen from a player yeah. because when you really slow it down and see all the things he had to withstand, that he showed his athleticism, uh, his just pure strength. I mean, he got double teamed at the top yeah. of his rush when he's completely, his ribs are completely exposed. Let right guard comes over and takes a shot at him. Not only does he not go down, he spins out of it and is still able to chase down the quarterback while getting horse collared at the same time. I am all and in and and his Carolina. celebration was better. Remember, I mean, he got <laughs> yeah. coached up by Mahomes, so he's obviously a quick study because the celebration was much better on the second sack than his first one. When I saw they talked about that after the game, and I heard Mahomes say like we worked on it, I was like, see, he's coachable. Yeah. The guy's coachable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, you give him some advice, he's going to take it and it's going to translate. So it's great to see, man. And it was great to see you. It was great to talk with you. Uh, we got to do this again. Uh, sometime during the season, we get into things a little bit. Love it. Yeah. Always enjoy talking to my friend. We enjoy and appreciate everybody at Holiday Distillery for making this possible. But Ari, uh, it was great to talk with you. And um, let's stay in touch, all right, man? My pleasure. Let's have a great season. Thanks, BJ. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll have plenty more content for you here at KC Sports Network. Getting ready for the Chiefs. First game of the season down in the desert against the Arizona Cardinals. We'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.